How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome to the, another episode of the same podcast. Part two, baby! What's our special guest? Our boy Dev Duke is back. Say what up, Devin. Hey. Our boy Blake is in the building. How you doing, Blake? I'm doing good, guys. I'm excited. Riker, probably eating something, but you know. <laughs> Y'all stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright, uh, so we had such a good uh, feedback from our first episode um, dealing with, you know, the riots and everything that happened um, that we wanted to get a round table and a point of view perspective of the opposite race. And I wanted to bring Blake in um, because... Blake is a very close friend of mine. We've been friends since, I want to believe, middle school, sixth grade. Um, Me and Blake go back to grade, the... Sixth grade, studies class. Yeah, dude. And we go back to the theater days. I'm oh. surprised you could deal with him for that long, bro. Yeah, I know. You know the real one with Fat Zim. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Blake... The pictures are didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, why don't you give us... Uh, just kind of like a background, because um, you you do say that you work in law enforcement, so why don't you just give us kind of like a, a background on what you do and all that stuff like that. Yeah, I've been a cop for almost four years now. Um, yeah. I'm not actually working anywhere right now. I worked a case a few months back that was tough to deal with, so I got out and still figuring that out right now. But mm-hmm. I have been a police officer for four years, and I've worked... Uh, in a couple different jurisdictions, one was kind of kind off in the boonies, and the other one was almost right in the heart of Denver, like okay. Denver adjacent. Okay. Um, and then Riker has you believe? I believe that you said you had family that was in law enforcement. I've had uh, great uncles. I've had cousins. All kinds of up and down the board of family members. Okay. Cool. 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 And um, Nice. Um, and do you remember uh, what section or what um, section that you worked in, uh, Blake? What section of Denver you worked in? Because I know Section Six, according to Devin, was the one that was the one that was on the front line of the riots. Yeah, I worked. Like I said, I never worked in Denver. Uh, my jurisdictional line was right next to District One, so I was like in the Berkeley area. Okay. Oh, you're out there with them sheriffs. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, we just wanted to get, we just wanted to have the conversation because we wanted to believe, we wanted it to be non-biased. We wanted everybody to know that we weren't just telling everybody that like we weren't bashing the police. We were like, fuck twelve. No, we want to have an open discussion with our friends in law enforcement and. Our friend who has family in law enforcement, you know, that we have a fair, what's what I'm looking for? A, a fair equal, equal, a view fair, across a, yeah. all boards. And a fair playing ground. Right. So, yeah. So, um, should we let him take the floor? You know? Yeah, man. Uh, so, we'll kind of let you guys have the floor. I know if you guys listened to last week's episode, Devin was talking about, uh, you know, how white privilege was a thing and how, um, you know, just police officers being held accountable for their actions. Um, So we'll just let you guys have the table and we'll just chime in. So you guys have at it. Just know we have an hour, so kind of uh, keep keep it. Yeah, we have 59 minutes. We have like 57 minutes and like 37 seconds. So uh, keep (laughs) to the point, you know. um, No pressure. No pressure at all. all. We just want to have a fair, clean, comfortable, fuck clean, 
talk talk however you all want to talk. You know, we we grown folk here. But uh, let's keep it to the point. Let's keep it civil. Let's keep it very respectful. And uh, have at it, boys. Oh, yeah. I listened to last week's episode. And, uh, Devin, you know, I, I really respect what you were doing out there in those protests. I like how you're talking about kind of getting people around and, you know, helping them figure out, like, what's what and how to not get trapped in the fucking fascist machine sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like the medic stuff you do, the like things you guys set up, uh, oh, that's that's really impressive. And I, you know, I like that. That's what you guys are about. Well, yeah. I mean, in the end, when it when it came to being out there, it was it was far more than a movement. Like I said, like from from your police experience to the the fam having fam through it all. Like I said, bro. Like my lady, her dad, he's been in her cop for thirty years. And so it was it was real skeptical with him for like he didn't like the fact that I was going out there, but he understood that it wasn't like I was I was really with the movement of like, hey, let's burn down the police station. Like, nah, bro, that's that's some childish shit because like right. still got to pay for that. <laughs> but, um, that's on my tax return. <laughs> but it, it was it, it was very different to see the the difference of like because. Um, when they had the reform on the 14th where the judge had mandated the bill that there couldn't be any projectiles or any of the gas being launched at anybody, that uh, there were no more incidences. There was no violence. Everybody actually obeyed the curfew, although curfew was lifted. And it showed the big difference that uh, it was just people wanted their voices to be heard. And I'm, you know, I'm just gonna put this out here. That curfew was bullshit. That was 100% just the city's way of saying like your constitutional right to peacefully assemble exists, but we're gonna put this curfew out there. So if you're out past eight o'clock, it's no longer a lawful assembly, and that was bullshit. Well, yeah, and exactly. RTD has said that they couldn't, they weren't allowing. Like I think that I think it was like that Friday or that Saturday night before the big one, the big riot popped off. RTD has said that they weren't allowing buses or trains to come in and out of downtown, so they were Which trying. Which was trash. Cause well, imagine all the people who were stuck downtown. Trying to get home that night, like, oh well, great! I gotta take an Uber. It's gonna cost me fifty bucks. You couldn't even do Uber. Uber wasn't allowing yeah, anybody. No, no Ubers yeah, so or Lyfts were going out there. Either. That's crazy. So you're basically just stuck downtown at that point. Yeah. Well, whose mic is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening back there? Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah. So it's just like I don't. I think I feel like. The city was kind of trying to be like, we understand that you're trying to like protest, but we're going to limit who can protest and where they can protest. Well, that's just kind of basically just saying, yo, spitting on the First Amendment. Like, hey, yo, hey, hey, you know, hey, guys, if you want to protest, cool. But now, now we got to arrest you because you're out past curfew. Like, come on now. Come right. on. Right. That's just, that's just more work for the police. I'm pretty sure they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm a cop and I'm like, I gotta arrest this dude for violating curfew, no, nah, I'm not doing that, bro. <laughs> like, um, and I think, like, well, where we're at, I think, you know, I've, go ahead, bud. I've been working, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't deal with a lot of, like, kids a whole lot of the time while mm-hmm. I was on duty, um, but I mean, I've definitely ran into kids. I worked, I worked graveyards for over a year, and so basically anytime I met a juvenile, you know, it was after after one o'clock in the morning and that's in violation of you know, curfew yeah uh, i did i could never bring myself to like you know march some kid home 
So he was violating curfew, write him a ticket for it. Like, it just was, it's not that big a deal. Right, right. right. Yeah. The, only, the only time it was ever a problem is, you know, like, I stopped, the, I stopped this car once, and it was just full of juveniles. It's like 2.30 in the morning, and it really wasn't that big a deal other than the kid driving was hauling ass, and they had a whole bunch of booze in the car, but no mm. one was drunk. Mm. Okay. Um, but one kid in the car had a warrant, and that's what Ooh. we dealt with. Oh. And he was cool about it the entire time. He knew he had a warrant, and he, you know, he was happy I didn't get any of his friends in trouble, and everything was pretty low-key, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff, like, me as a police officer, when I'm out, you know, and I'm doing my thing, that's what we're looking for most of the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. like, the whole thing is, is it good cops versus bad cops? And everyone's always saying, especially in the black community... I can't even be friends with a cop or I can't trust a friend who's a cop or like, you know, and my respect for Blake has always been the same since we've known each other. In yeah. Like my like, respect for Blake has never in changed. Fact, actually, my respect for Blake has skyrocketed since you put on that badge, bro. Like I, I never told you that face to face, but you know, like I've always had tremendous respect for you. I actually admire what you do because you know, you're setting well, yeah, an example. You're setting things, an example. Things with police relations between like, African-American communities have never been great as soon as that ever since I decided to become a cop like race relations were always an issue Fuck no because it's and we I, can't I, trust I you very, and you, you know, can't on, trust on, like, us posts on Facebook and stuff I made it very clear that you know not not every cop out there is a shitbag there definitely are shitbag cops and they need to get got but yeah. my goal as a police officer was always to go out and just do the best that I can and try and change people's perspective you know, if I could have one positive interaction while I was on duty with someone and, you know, maybe change their mind, at least about some cops, then that I felt like I was doing my job. Right. I think there's, it's police accountability because, like, when you watch that video and you see there's five cops. And they all got their hands in and their And they pocket. all their hands in their pockets standing there. Doing nothing while that man had his knee on that dude's neck. For eight for minutes. For eight minutes. And you didn't do anything. It's hard for us. And I'm going to be honest. It's very hard to just trust the police when it keeps happening. When when they do get in trouble, they get a slap on the wrist. And they get 30-day paid suspension. And then they go right back and do it again. George Zimmer wasn't even a fucking cop. And you know, I feel bad for the good cops who do try to speak up because they get punished. It's like, oh, you broke right. that blue line. It's like, well, you can't punish the good guys. You, you can't, you can't punish the good cops for doing their job. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's it's just a it's just the whole messed up situation. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I've definitely you know I've definitely worked with cops who have never like they've never killed anyone while I was around, but they've definitely crossed lines. You know, wanting to tase people unjustly and right. trying to rip people out of the car when they don't need to be ripped out of the car. Right. And I've never once stood up for those people. You know, I mean, as a, as me as a cop, you know, it's my career or that guy's career. And if that guy's gonna just be out here and be a fucking asshole, you know, why am I gonna risk my career? Right. right. So, question: so How did you how did you feel about the incident where the guy and his pregnant girlfriend were just trying to get past the protest in their vehicles, and the cops lit them up with tear gas and the pepper balls in their car? Are you talking about Atlanta? I think no, Atlanta. that actually happened here. That oh, happened over there on Lincoln. Okay. Yeah, happened here. Was so, she like going to a hospital or something because she was pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, that okay. I actually, I actually that haven't heard of this. So, I, I mean, 
that's news to me, but I mean, yeah, I didn't hear about that one. It sounds like it's it, oh, it, now these, drag this whole situation. Now, I don't, brain. I don't like the way these these situations being handled by the police because it's wait, like when Trump tweeted out that he was just going to authorize, you know the National Guard to go out in every state, and if they weren't going to do it, then he was going to deploy the military. Him and a lot of these local governments, they're trying this tactic of, we're going to flex so hard to scare these people into submission. And that's, it's just not the answer. I mean, that's what got us into this position in the first place. Exactly. Right. Right. What pissed me off with Trump is like, he has not once said anything like, I'm with you, you protesters. None of that. It's been force, force, force. It's I'm defending deadly force that cops are doing, all that bullshit. Like, he hasn't once said, I, I'm with these people, this needs to change. And that's not the type of shit. Well, the problem is, the problem is, is like, and I'm going to say it, we have a white president dealing with minority problems. We can't have that. Like, that's that's the issue. Is Obama like, didn't make it any better. I'm not saying, like, he <laughs> did, but, like, saying, Obama had a better understanding because he he faced, a, you know, oppression. He faced I mean, the true, same issues true. that we're dealing with. And I'm not saying, like, oh, you have to be black or you have to be expanded or Hispanic to understand. But Trump never took the time to go into these low-income neighborhoods or to talk to... You know, our community leaders, like, I mean, granted, no one wanted to go to the White House, but he never talked to leaders of the NAACP. He never talked to LeBron. He never talked to any of them. So he never, he doesn't know. Well, he thinks Colin Kaepernick's the son of a bitch. So we know where he stands on that guy. Right. So let's just get that out of the way. I'm not going to lie. I don't, think, I don't think Trump knows what he's doing at any point in the Oval Office. No. No, no, he definitely doesn't. <laughs> he's kind of fumbling around the entire time and. Right. I think my final struggle with Trump, though, like the struggle that the Trump is back for me, is when he when he tear gassed on Trump. He's just trying to lose the election with the shit he's pulling right now. Oh, that's definitely true. He's definitely right. trying to lose this. He seems like he's doing everything in his power to make people go against him. So, and even with like, yeah, he may not have like talked to any of these leaders and all about these protests or anything, but like, I think what the world would love is just him at least one tweet, anything. Of saying he's with these people, but he never will. He never will. Yeah, he never will. He's always gonna back the white population, and that's what needs to change. Well, he's, he's gonna back his investors. He's gonna back the people that are filling up his accounts. Right. Yeah. He's a business owner. He's running the country like it's a business. But I want to like circle back to like this divide that we kind of built, and it's like you hear like when black like when like when white people hear. All you know, all black li- or Black Lives Matter. When they see, I've been told so many times that we need to stop playing the victim, and that we need to stop like. But how can we stop playing the victim if that's all we see on television? That's another problem. Is the media okay? But like, let's just think about it. Like, I see somebody who looks like me trying to get home, like Elijah, and next thing you know, he has four cops on him for no reason. Like, it's kind of hard not to play the victim role. But, and it's you know, really hard for us to trust the police. Right. It's, it just goes back to a trust issue. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like I said, I admire officers like Blake who really go out there and try to make an impact on the community. Like, but hey, at look, the, look, also, look. at the same time, it's like, if we didn't know Blake and we saw him, automatically we're going to go, 
am I gonna die today? Is this right. it? Like in my, if Blake pulled me over, let's say I never, knew, I never met Blake, never. I get pulled over by Blake. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, what do I do now? Like, okay, I, I was just gonna go. What the fuck is going on there? I don't know. Cars. <laughs> but but oh, it's like, but like it's like it's like I get pulled over by Blake. I'm like, all right, cool. If if I make the wrong move, am I gonna get shot? You know what I'm saying? And it's it's just a fear thing. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, well, I've definitely experienced that, man. I mean, I've definitely pulled pulled black men over, you know, and I walk up to the car, and you know, they're they're visibly shaking. They won't take their hands off the steering wheel. I ask if I can get a driver's license, and they're like, "I need to reach over here. Is that okay?" Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, "Yeah, that's fine," because <clears throat> um, I've never been that guy. Like, like I've dealt with people who had guns in their cars, right? Right. But they're they're always a dead giveaway. They're never scared. They're always too calm. Right. Um, that kind of scary. But yeah, I mean, I've, 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 even, even, I mean, I've never had this happen with a with a black American, but I've had white Americans who say they're so scared of the police, like just me being there is giving them anxiety attacks. And I, the only thing I've ever, like, I had, I had a lady once who was having a, a dead on panic attack while I had her pulled over, and all I could do was, you know, I had her step out of the car and just breathe, and you know, I was like, listen, I'm not here not here to make you scared that's not that's not my intention you might catch a ticket because you were speeding but that's i mean that's the worst that's going to happen i was like but first and foremost i'm here to take care of you and you're like you're kind of freaking me out do you need an ambulance or something like are you going to be okay right. that's always been like my take is it's people's safety over anything else i could give i don't care if i write a ticket or not it's always my bosses who care if i write tickets or not right you know, i was i was plenty happy going out there not doing paperwork yeah, I can only imagine the paperwork y'all got to deal with for tickets and other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's that's that's what it is, though. It's like, I mean, I know, like, we're not, and that's what we're saying. Me, Chris, and Devin, what we're saying is, is like, we're not saying all of it is bad. We're not saying that we're the victim, because we're not, but at the same time, we're the ones being targeted. We're the ones that every single time you watch the news, it's one of us. It's not one of you guys. It's one of us. And then, like, everyone wants to always go, oh, well, what about black-on-black crime? Well, we know damn well black-on-black crime exists. The difference between that is, and I told Riker this in a conversation, the difference between that is, is if Deputy Dan, or so say... Let's say Tyrone and Jamal get into an argument, right? And it... Yeah, I know. The blackest names I can think of. Yeah, say Tyrone and Jamal get into an argument, and and Tyrone caps Jamal... Tyrone's going to go to jail for 25 years. But if Deputy Dan gets, you know, is in a bar and he breaks up a bar fight with Todd and Dylan or whatever, then Todd's going to get slapped on the wrist and he's going to be out the next day. That's what we're upset about. That's why we talk about white privilege. And, and when people bring up black on black crime, in my opinion, that's such a cop out. Because we hold those people accountable. You right? know what I'm like, saying? And like, if you, here's what, the, here's what the news won't show you. They won't show you the rallies that black people are holding in the ghetto. Because like like Ice Cube said in like Ice Cube said in Boys in the Hood, either they don't know or they don't care. they don't show or they don't care, and that's just what it is. <laughs> like you know, and like those words have never been more true. And that movie came out with like they years did, yeah. like years ago. Yeah, and it still stands true today. <laughs> like, and I'm glad that I'm friends with you guys or we're friends with you guys because you guys understand that you don't understand. Like you'll never understand what it's like to walk outside and know if this is gonna be the last time. That you see the sun. 
or you don't know if you're gonna get profiled in a store or that you're gonna be fine walking into a store with a hoodie on. Like or you walk into a Chinese or a Chinese hair salon and the lady positions herself by the door so she can watch you the whole time. It's it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like But that's why we're having this conversation because Because it needs to be had. Right. Um and like all three of us, me, Chris and Devin have all faced that. And it's just like we want you guys to understand And we that want to understand the blue side, you know what I'm saying? Like I just wanna know what y'all are going through. Cause, Cause we need to have a better understanding, you know what I'm saying? Cause I can only imagine these past few weeks have probably been hell at the precincts. Oh man, the PR is probably out the door at this point. I know Riker has been running into some shit on Facebook because he's just, he's white. And you know, it's like, we want everybody to know. It's like, I've been seeing Riker fight with his family, so I appreciate you, Riker. Well, the shit I've been running in with Facebook, that's more of my family. That's my aunt and uncle who they posted a thing when George Floyd first died saying that he's actually an actor who paid other people to act like they killed him so he could start a race war. Wait, what? And that kind of set it off. <laughs> run, you? Run, run, run that back. Run that back. Hold on. Run that back. That Joker. Hold up. George Floyd is an actor? Didn't land on the moon. Yeah, that shit set me off with them, and then this thing uh, about Candace Owens, her name to kill him, and then some sheriff like Brandon, some who's on her payroll, where he came out saying like, all oh, white privilege isn't real. It's never been real. It's created by woke white people to uh, turn black Americans into victims. So that's sort of my educational posts on Facebook, where I'm just constantly going after my aunt and uncle because they believe white privilege isn't real but they've never seen what I have firsthand. I've there was a family used to live across the street from my parents as a black family one day they were having a party on like 4th of July or something and mm-hmm. someone called the cops on them instantly cops pull up throw all of the all of the guys and the girl women in handcuffs for no fucking reason and my mom's yelling she's why the hell are you handcuffing them they're just having a party on 4th of July or whatever it was and the cop yelled at my mom, he's like, get the fuck back. And they eventually let them all go and left. And my mom, my mom walked up. She goes, I'm so sorry for what happened. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. He goes, we're used to it. And she's like, you shouldn't be fucking used to that type of shit. That's bullshit. And yeah, that's crazy. I've had so many instances. Like, I've been with black friends at, like, a store, and I'll see cops following us. And you know, it's just, like, and they'll never follow me. But if someone black with me, they'll follow them. And just that just shows white privilege is real, and like I could go, like I, can't, I think it was in I can't remember what it was when they took the AKs and shit to their uh, city hall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guarantee if a black group of men did that, they'd be shot in the street. Devin was just saying that Devin, last week. He was yeah, just talking about we were talking. Me and Devin were talking about the Panther Party last year, uh, last week, and how like they did that, and Nixon was like, "Oh no, no more open carry in California." So, yeah, and like. I, <laughs> I could walk down the street with a fucking rifle right now and cops wouldn't do shit, but if Chris was in there, they'd be shot on the site. And that's the reality, and, and I think people just rifle. and I think people don't know that. And it's like and I've seen I've seen shit, which is unfortunate. I've seen it, it's gotten to the point where it's like <laughs> if you have white friends, are you even gonna be able to trust them? It's like I I trust all my white friends. Right. It's just the fact that like they won't understand, but they know that they don't understand. And so I kind of want to throw this question out there for Chris and Devin. 
Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever felt like you are friends with us? Like you're friends with? I guess how whatever is undercover racist. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever felt like you're the token black guy of the group? Oh, definitely, man. Oh, definitely. The uh, most of my experiences come from high school. Oh, you don't act black. How the fuck am I supposed to act black? Want me to talk with the slang? Want me to sag my pants and put a fucking pacifier in my hair? <laughs> like, like what, how does acting black look like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've always felt like I've always kind of felt like in a lot of a lot of friends group, everyone has to like tiptoe around the fact that I'm brown and they're white. They they always they always like they always. Oh, can I say that around you? Or oh, you listen? I didn't know you listened to rap or rock or or like when I get in their car and they're like, "Oh, this song is perfect for you." And they turn up and it's Tupac. I'm like, "Bro, I listen. I listen well, to that other also stuff." Comes from the difference of where we're all from. I mean, remember from me being in Oakland to Arizona, where I lived in Missouri, to even being out here in Denver for the time we all you know me. I am unapologetically black. And mm-hmm. even when we worked at Elitches, like, they knew it. I didn't care. I wasn't going to bow. And that, that comes from my sense of pride. Right. And that's where I said I would I would much rather defend people so they can speak their opinions more freely. I love when my white friends are able to talk to me about, like, the cultural divide instead of feeling like they have the tiptoe around me. And that's where the, also the barriers have to be broken down as individuals because if you – so, like, I get, like, the token black guy and, like, the token black friend and all that. But when you allow that label to get put on you, you also allow the barrier to stand up. Confidence should radiate between all people. That's just what that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, like you know, the I had, talk- a, I had a partner in one of my old departments that he, he inspired a lot of confidence in me because he grew up in Denver. He grew up in, in, uh, Park Hill. Ooh, um, oh nice. So, man, his, his, his dad was his dad was a cop um, in Denver, uh, but he, they grew up, you know, very lower middle class. I guess they definitely weren't wealthy by any means. And you know, my my partner, he he definitely ran around with a hooligan crew, if you want to call it that. Um, but he had seen, you know, exactly what we're all talking about here. And, when he became a police officer, he was able to take those experiences and apply them very realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard him have a lot of conversations with with people who who had those what was it, those prejudgments on cops, right? Or even just us as people, because in the moment, it's like even though like I know they're just yelling at a badge, a lot of times they're trying to attack me as a person, as an individual. And my partner was able to take that and kind of turn around because he grew up in not a great area and he dealt with, you know, a lot of gangs in his neighborhood and having to deal with that kind of fear and he saw some shit. Um, and I always had a lot of respect for him because of the way he was able to talk with people and deal with people and relate to people in a way that they never saw coming. And that was always my favorite part was the face on someone when he would start telling them his background and they'd be like, oh shit, are you for real? Yeah, and it's kind of that whole don't judge a book by its cover thing because, like, when we have Des here, and Des has the best of both worlds. Like, he's white and he's black. So, like, a lot of people be like, oh, we didn't know, like, Des is in the video games. Or, like, he's not really black because he has mixed parents. You know what I mean? It's he like, doesn't, he doesn't you know, listen to rap. rap. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't listen to rap, so people are like, oh, he's not black. I'm like, bro, rock came from black people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and like, I guess, I guess to bounce off that question, I guess since Des is here, like, have you ever felt like, not like you never like, I guess like, I mean, you obviously know who you are. Like, you're you have you have a black mom and a white dad. Yeah. Have you ever felt like because of that you didn't belong to either side? Yes. Because I tend to hear a lot of times, like sometimes black people, they'll be like, oh, well, you don't listen to this. You, you're you not that black. You don't wear these. You, you're not black enough. But it's like, I mean, my mom's full black. So it's like, it's just weird to me. Like people of color should just usually try banding together and stuff like that, especially during these times. And People are like, oh, this is going on, but you're not, I mean, you're not even that black, so why does it affect you that much? It's like, well, my mom's black, and something like this could happen to her. That's what hurts the most, dude, is like, every single day, I get scared that, like, it could happen to me, it could happen to Devin, it could happen to Chris, it could happen, it could happen to my dad, who's 75 years old and is in a wheelchair, and it's like... It could happen to your Uncle Jory. No, it wouldn't, but... <laughs> um... And then, and like, the reason why we just bring Riker and Blake in here is because I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen to you, but if it did happen to you, it would not be of graver consequences if it did happen to us. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys automatically are hot, held to a higher pedestal than us. Right. right. And we're not saying that because we want we want to feel like the victim. And we're not saying that because like we want sympathy. Because we don't. It's just like that is that's how it is. <laughs> you know, and we just want people to understand that. Cause like me and Devin at Elitches all the time got these dirty ass looks. Because we'd be on Big Wheel all the time being us. Being, well, niggas. Like, we would be on the ride. And we're about to get canceled on <laughs> and, <laughs> and we would be on the ride just being us. But you don't understand how many dirty looks we got from Karens. And just... Uh, man, like, I get dirty looks at work. They're like, where's the manager? Bitch, I am the manager. You see this vest? You see the vest? Like, do you see the vest? And, like, one lady, she was like, no, where's the real manager? I'm like, what is the real manager? I almost, like, like, I almost hopped over the counter, cuz, like, on everything, it took everything Amy to keep it professional. I was like, what do you mean the real manager? And then if you flip that, and then you put Riker and Blake in that position, no one's gonna say anything, cuz they're like, oh, they belong here. What do you mean they belong here? You know what I mean? So it's just like, there's always been that divide, and I think we just need to have that conversation to let people know that like it shouldn't be because we can all coexist whether you are light skin, black, or white. Like we can all coexist. I got a question for you, Blake. I got a question. Society, I do have a I mean, story in a second too. We need to sure. stop boiling things down to people's skin color. I mean, no one's skin color is their identity. And as we can see, just in this podcast group, like even though we're all different shades of color here, everyone's their own individual. You know. Right. And I got that a lot as a white cop, you know. Uh, I had to arrest this lady one time for DUI, and she, I worked in a very small neighborhood, um, so she knew basically all the cops in my department, and because I arrested her, you know, I, the white... Did we lose Blake? Did we lose Blake? You good? I think we lost Blake. Damn. I think we might have lost Blake. Damn. No, Blake! No. Oh, wait. I'm back. There okay. he is. Okay, there he is. 
We was worried. <laughs> I was about to do the anime cry. Alright, sorry about <laughs> that. I got Wi Fi issues. I'm on that McDonald's Wi Fi. Oh, that McDonald's Wi Fi. Oh, boy. Yikes. You want that Big Mac Wi Fi, alright? Um, so yeah, anyway, so like, as the white cop who had arrested her for DUI, you know, she was she was throwing all sorts of racial slurs at me as a white person, believe it or not. Um, you know, calling me a fucking fascist pig and all that. Uh, <clears> Jesus. And, yeah. And she had said something to the effect of, like, because we told her car because she didn't have insurance or anything. <clears throat> and she was like, if I was white, you wouldn't have towed my car. And she just kept going on and on. And we have two black officers that worked in that department me and like I said we were real small so she knew him I don't remember exactly what led up to her saying this but I remember it clear as day she was like um, she said something about the two black cops that work there but they don't even act that black so it doesn't even Uh, matter what is that even supposed to mean you have no idea who these people are as individuals you only know them as cops Devin how do you act black but yeah, as a society, man, I mean, I think so many people, and it's kind of an instinctual thing, because when you first lay eyes on someone, that's the first thing you're going to notice. There are just too many people there who are willing to settle on that, you know, first look, rather than getting to know anyone. My question and is, like, how the fuck thing. do you act black? Like, what am I supposed that's to what do? I wait, like, wait, what? I got you. I got you. You want to know how you act black? How? Everybody got that one auntie that got one leg on because of the diabetes, but we all still over sugar our Kool-Aid. That's what you got. In the podcast <laughs> now. I'm just going to sit here and sip on my sweet tea. <laughs> you see, it's his sweet tea. He acting black. You see? Wait, <laughs> do you listen to Tupac? Uh, but, I mean... But yeah, I- we were, we're talking about like a lot of these systemic issues, and in my personal opinion while there are issues on the police and i'm going to keep this in perspective of just the criminal justice system because there are a lot more systemic issues that need to be dealt with yes there is and specifically the criminal justice system i think the problem lays a lot less with the police force and more with like the judicial branch of things i'm not saying that there aren't racist ass cops out there who are out there profiling people because of their skin color because that definitely happens but the issue, the, like the big issues that I think need to be addressed right away, are like unfair sentencing. Because a black American, more often than not, will face so much heavier sentences for lesser crimes. Yes. And if you don't yes. believe me, just look at that piece of shit Brock Turner, who only oh, served three man. months for raping a girl. Ooh, behind he, a he got a slap on the wrist, and they called it a day. Brock Turner, if you're listening to this, I hope you die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I hope you somebody know, finds so you it, and beats you. It's the <laughs> but, systemic issue of. Of not just because I, as a police officer, have never like I I can't figure out how someone looks at a black American and go like we're gonna go after that person today they're up to something like I've never understood that. You know, I think it's called, fear. That's what it is. Somewhere, it's a fear thing. And the description of the person I'm looking for is you know six foot two fifty black male. Like it that didn't matter to me if it was a black male or a white male. I'm just there to go do my job. Right. But beyond me, you know, either regardless, I'm going to go there and do my job. I arrest that person. If I arrest the six foot two fifty white guy versus the two, six foot two fifty black guy, the way the courts handle their cases is so much different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I wrote a lot of papers on the racial biases of criminal of the judicial branch because you know, like literally, let's put it like this: a white guy and a black guy. Both rob a store together. 
Who's getting the heavier sentence out of those two? Tyrone. Right. <laughs> Why do we keep going with Tyrone? <laughs> <laughs> all the, out of all the black things, you keep using Tyrone. Don Drill. Is it because that dude Tyrone showed up and tried to steal your girl? Probably. So are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like... Because, I mean, and I want to ask... I'll ask Devin this question. Did you... Have you... Like, because you've gone through court stuff. I'm not going to, like, air it out there. But if you've gone through court stuff, have you ever felt like I'm about to get more time for the shit that I just did because of my skin color? Or did you legally go, I fucked up. I should serve this time. Wait, was that for me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I knew that that was going to come up. But no. But if it's back on the comment for the judicial, I'm sorry. I'm watching Megalobox right now. So, <laughs> Watching fairy tale, we're hype right now. We hype the shit. We're watching anime, so you ain't black. Oh, you but, uh, said you're watching no, so you're when watching it gets the judicial system. It, it's mad facts. So I do. I did security downtown in a nightclub, and I've watched guys jump on women. Okay, they get a slap on the wrist, they get to go. One of my coworkers recently got jumped. I went out and fought the guys, and now I'm facing two years probation, incarceration time, house arrest, and the full words. So it's like. It was beyond the fact that my skin color had a role to play in it. I knew for a fact the moment I stood before the judge and she saw me that that was it. She could smile all she want, but at the end of the day, the judgment came down to uh, I had to have known what I was doing. But it's like, it, it it's a whole story. We can talk about that in a whole other podcast if you right. want to. But the judicial yeah. system is the problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the problem. And there, it's there, the system was built. Aspect. And I was talking about this with my girlfriend because she's half black so we have these types of conversations a lot especially recently you know and I was saying you know because I've been trying to educate more of my white friends about what white privilege is and because one of my friends she said you know I, I don't have white privilege I'm like stop right there that, right, you right automatically there have white privilege and we brought up this scenario I told her, let's just say there's old lady Karen lives in this neighborhood. She's lived there for 30 years, right? Fucking Karen. Um, she, she's old. She's retired. You know, she's got, she, she does nothing but not mind her own fucking business. She always is looking out the screen door and is judging people on what's going on. <clears throat> then you have a black guy who either recently moved into the neighborhood or he's lived there and just isn't very, like, extroverted so that she doesn't, she hasn't seen him before is the point. Well, then the black guy loses, his dog gets loose. So he's out walking around looking for his dog. He's like, fucking Karen, who hasn't seen a black guy in her neighborhood, is going to say, well, that's suspicious. I don't see black people around this neighborhood. And she's going to call the cops. Right. And my friend tried to say, well, that's not me. I, you know, I, I'd go out and help find his dog. I'm like, that's, it's not about your actions. White privilege is, is, is noting that that scenario I just laid out does and is going to happen regardless of what your actions would do that happens out there and you need to acknowledge that that happens and not be ignorant to that fact i think the because problem is that white people that that's going to happen that's part of the problem yeah i think the problem is that white people always pretend like it's not going to exist it doesn't happen because it doesn't happen to them that's white privilege in itself that you that's saying like, that is white privilege that, that is a textbook definition of white privilege it's like well it wouldn't happen to me of course it wouldn't fucking happen to you and you know what I love? I love it when white people say, oh, I grew up poor. How do I have white privilege? I'm like, bro, that that's has nothing not to do with it. it. <laughs> like, white privilege doesn't mean you lived in a castle, my dude. White privilege means that you and I can do things, but if I do it, 
I go to jail. If you do it, cops go, oh, he's just being a dude, whatever, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's white privilege. White privilege is being able to walk into a store and not be followed. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I've been followed in stores many a times. And I don't know why, like, literally. And I'm just like, oh, I can't say I don't know why. I'm black. <laughs> like, hello? Like, but, you know, I thing. I guess I'll ask, I guess, again, since Des is here, being that you're on both sides, you know, that you have both sides, have you experienced white privilege or is your life any easier because of your white side? Um, I would say yes, it is because a lot of white people can't really tell that I'm half black. Like, usually black people see me and they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's black. It's because, like, I'm more fair skin than other light skins, I would say. So typically, people don't really know, but once people kind of get the idea, it, that's kind of when it... Dad's got that good skin. He moisturizes. Yeah, that. <laughs> but, like, would you say, like, like you said you work in a moving company, if you walked into, a, a, like, an old white lady's house, would they trust you with your stuff more than they would Rob or anybody else that you work with? Or Riker. Let's say Riker works in a moving company, and he walks into a, a house... They're probably more inclined to trust Riker than they would me. I just wouldn't trust that motherfucker. Actually, in, in fact, yesterday was uh. Riker, Riker will steal your shit too. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna steal my dishes. <laughs> that shit coming on with me. Anyway. Yeah, but yesterday we it was uh me and two other guys on a job. I was running it. They were both black, and so we go in. It didn't really like. I didn't get really any... They were really nice people, but still, like, at the beginning of everything, despite their house being trashed, both of my guys came up to me. They're like, yo, dude, I don't know. I feel really uncomfortable. Like, every time I walk by, they just stare at me. And it was like... It wasn't like... They were they were big, so they were, like, eating, too. So they were talking about... <laughs> while, like, staring at them. <laughs> at that extra little factor to it. I just, the visualization <laughs> I got of two fat white people just staring at me. But, like, since I'm loading the truck, I didn't really have to worry about that. But I'm sure oh, it, it probably would have been the same regardless. But there was another time, actually, it was uh, me and, uh, once again, two other black guys. And we are uh, at the customer's house. We're loading stuff from her house to a pod she has. Big ass red moving truck, you know, 26 foot box truck. We got that. So we're, me and this dude, Lamar, we're carrying out. That's a black name. It is. We're carrying out the top of a hutch. And we go downstairs. I see, like, her neighbor or some shit, like an older white lady outside. And she, like, oh, kind of, like, smiles and then ducks out of the way. Which I was like, okay, cool. She's just getting out of the way. And then we walk by. And then she walks in and says to the customer, Oh, I thought you guys were getting robbed. Oh, my Bitch. God. <laughs> First Woo! off, there's a pod. Second off, there's a big red moving truck with dudes that are wearing shirts to match. And who steals the top of a fucking hutch? <laughs> just the top. Yeah, man, maybe y'all, maybe y'all were just some really organized robbers. <laughs> maybe you just needed the top. With the customers it. there? <laughs> yeah. The customers <laughs> ran it, Des. The customers knew. But then, and then the best part was because since it just two of, out of three of us. He's just thinking you guys are organizing the slyest robbery of all time. <laughs> yeah, inside job. 
But then, she knew the bridge to Narnia when she saw it. To make things worse, after, since it was only two of us on that, one the other kid walked in, and then the lady saw her or saw him, and then said it again to the customer. Oh, I thought you, I had to come check on you because I thought you guys were getting robbed. Like, I'm glad you said that because, and I know you two have done it because I'm friends with you two, Blake and Riker. Is those like, and I know you guys don't do it out of malice and like we'll be jokey jokey and all that stuff, but those satire like racial jokes or those satire like comments is another thing that like is something that we notice that you don't. Like you'll say something like, oh, well, like, or like, it's like, oh, your hair is naturally curly today. You must have picked it out. Or some shit like that. Like smack a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like those sat it's like those non satire racial comments. And like and I know it's, it's also the non it's the movements that y'all make. Like not you guys personally. Like you get into an elevator and Karen clutches her cl- clutches her purse. Like we notice that. Like you I notice it all the time in the light rail. I'll sit down and then the lady that I'm sitting next to, a business lady, she'll get up and move to the next seat. Like, or, you know, it's just like, it's like, oh, I'm walking down the street, you cross the street, all of a sudden, like, we notice this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it, like I'm saying, it's not you, it's not you, I promise it's not you. But it's just, it's, it's just like, we as African American men notice these things, you know what I'm saying? Shit, women too. Women too. African, definitely black women notice it. They notice it more than we do. Yeah, so it's just like, like I guess I could, I guess I could say, and like I don't want to put you guys on blast or nothing, but like, have you guys ever, like I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put you guys on like the situation, like have you two ever felt like you couldn't make a joke or you couldn't say something or you couldn't play a certain type of music around your black friends? Because they were I mean, I've definitely, like, like, I've had good black friends that, like, we break those down, those barriers, and I don't feel like you have to tiptoe around these, like, sensitive-ish topics. And you start joking with them like you joke with any other buddy. And, you know, just like I joke with my white friends, you know, I'm gonna, I'll talk shit about your hair. You know, and, and more than once have I stepped over a line and been like, hey, dude, that's not fucking cool. Don't say shit like that. I'm like, oh, you know, I apologize. I mean, I'm not out here to offend. I'm not out here to do that kind of shit. But, you know, more often than not, I think it's kind of like, even when you're friends with someone, you got to find, you're not, you're trying not to tiptoe, but you got to find where that line is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know, I know for sure I crossed it with you, Zim, because I don't know if you remember this, we were sophomores we were in biology class and I was talking all sorts of shit and I thought, what did I say? I said something that pissed you off, you know, and I felt really bad about it afterward. <clears throat> and I know, I know whatever it was, was racially charged, but you know, I'm never out there to like right. attack someone because of their race or heritage. And I think a lot of white people just don't recognize that. They just, Oh, why are you mad? Like, isn't it true? What like, you mean? Why that's a fucking stereotype. You don't see me walk around you know, talking shit about, I mean, I will gladly admit that white people are the butt of a lot of jokes because they do it to themselves. Oh, dude, seriously. They do it all the time. But it's like... Oh, dude, seriously. Oh, It's like, I admit it, and if I say it to somebody who's white, and they're like, dude, I don't do that, like, I don't feel comfortable, then I'm going to acknowledge that. But I feel like, I feel like most white people, not all, 
kind of think like they don't like they're they're in their own little bubble and they're like well why did that offend you because look at my skin what did you just say to me like that pisses me off and you didn't stop to ask you know and so i guess i kind of like direct the question to Devin since he works security and he's downtown he's at Lodo. That's Devin is paying attention. You out here watching the anime. <laughs> um, but I guess I want to like direct it to him is like since you work downtown and you worked at security and you worked in Lodo which is you know predominantly like white businesses. Yeah. Did you ever feel like you had to correct white people or you know people of non-ethnic backgrounds and say like yo don't say that shit, or like that's crossing the line. Uh, for my most part, no, because like I said, I'm very unapologetically black. Uh, one of my best friends, he's a white guy. One of his favorite jokes to tell people: he, I'm the worst piece of John Deere equipment he's ever gotten. Wow, Jesus. you can see people be like shocked, like, "Yo, you gonna let him say that to you?" And I'm like, "No, nah, it's fine." Master just mad because I see his wife when he gone, like, you know. It goes beyond the words because I mean, like, we learned it as kids: sticks and stones, man, sticks and stones. But right. it's like. In the end, the confidence that we should radiate as people should be way more of a fire that burns than any fear that we have towards racism or prejudice, especially when it came to like work and security in Lodo. If I was concerned about racial indifference or something that was going to come at me over some racist shit, I could not be able to do my job right. because that's where you, you can't tell who's your enemy or who really needs to be saved in a situation situation because like i said out there it wasn't about color it was about who's the threat and who needs to be saved and that's, and that's like one of my mentors before i was a cop i used to work um event security so i would do like concerts and stuff i used to work at the Fillmore all the time which is right next door to district nice State. yeah so i'm pretty i'm pretty familiar with what goes on down there and one of my mentors uh shout out to kevin harbin my man he, uh, when I started with Argus, he was a supervisor at the Fillmore, and he worked like the barricade area. So we worked in between the stage and the crowd. Ooh. And I remember we worked a Bone Thugs and Harmony concert. Oh shit! And <laughs> Kevin is—I mean, Kevin's—he's—he's he's a tall black man. I mean, he—he's like easily six five, two fifty. You know, he's now he's got a big old beard. And he grew up in San Francisco, but when he grew up. Like, he worked uh, as a bouncer in L.A. for a long time. I mean, and he's been around the block, man. He's one of these people that, like, you could break past any type of racial or ethnic roadblock, I guess you could call it. Because he was just he was just one of the people's people, man. Right. And we were working this Bone Thugs and Harmony concert. And you had all these people who were just acting fools. And we had these these people come in who just wanted to act hard as fuck and they wanted to start fights in the crowd and Kevin kicked them the fuck out and they're like we're about to roll up after the concert with all the homies and Kevin just laughed them off he's like I don't give a flying fuck <laughs> yeah that's why we tell them why we gotta wait till after we right here right <laughs> um, but yeah he, he he's someone that like I, I take a lot from Kevin. He was just in town recently, and I got to talk with him about these topics. And he's he's always been really, really insightful, and he's taught me a lot, man. Because I, I, you know, I've lived my life in plenty of ignorance, and only through the help of 
you know, my, my black and Hispanic and other minority friend groups, have I been able to, like, understand my ignorance and try to battle it? Because mm-hmm. I was, I mean, plain and simple, I was born white, so I'm born a little ignorant because I'm just not going to be treated the same way. And you acknowledge that, another black right? Person. I'm glad you acknowledge that, man. Like, most white people won't do that. <laughs> and, and, like I said, my girlfriend, Kevin, all of them have helped me understand, like, what it is to not be white in America. Right, and it right. sucks. And that's yeah. why we're having this conversation and, because we want to educate. We want to like, like let you guys know. Yeah, yeah, not, not to cut Kevin you guys was... short, we got seven minutes left. <laughs> and then really quick, going back to that little the little joke thing, another thing I'll get from mostly white people is when they find out I'm half black, they're like, oh, so, so what part of you is black? Like, it's like, I, how actually do I even answer that? Like, yeah. what, what part Everything from the waist down, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's how you answer it. Oh, I fucking love Devin. <laughs> Devin Thank you, man. Devin, for the answer. You're, you're the man, Devin. <laughs> you know I got you. I'm going to add that bitch at the end, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we're having this conversation. Because, like, we don't want to tear anybody down. We don't want to say all white people are bad. We don't want to say all white people are racist. We don't want to say all cops are bad. And when we say, and like to wrap it up, and we say all lives matter, that includes black people, that includes police officers. And like, I do kind of hate when somebody... Like, like Devin put it last week, all lives cannot matter until black lives matter. And that's and coming that's from a, a white person. And it's because like, like, and I, I kind of hate when people are like, oh, well, you can't say blue lives matter because they put on that uniform. They chose to be that way. And it's like, I get that, but their lives still fucking matters because at the end of the day, in then those riots... Then we should say cop lives matter. Right. And it's like, at the end of the day, if, like... Blue lives? What the heck? I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's a thing. It's weird. Uh, uh, I'll tell you this real quick. In these, in these times, you know, things are so charged right now between the society and the police and me not working right now, I've actually been scared to go out and look for a job because this is... Is extremely. I'm scared like, to go downtown. I'm scared for you. A lot of cops were, you know, cops are just sitting in their cars and they're going up and being shot just so someone could say they killed a cop. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that, that actually happened up in Minnesota. My aunt was telling me about it. These cops got called to a domestic violence call. And when they got there, no one was at the house and these guys came up with just fucking pistols and shit and lit their car up. Wow. And ever since then, like, officers and like way before all this shit happened in Minneapolis, like officers are told if you get called somewhere, you call for backup no matter what the call is. Yeah, right. And that was happening here in Colorado. Like I was gonna be a firefighter for a while. I was saying about it, and they actually told me here in Aurora that in Aurora and Denver, firefighters have to wear bulletproof vests now because people see that badge, they automatically think they're a cop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like. Man, I see shit like on the news, like some firefighter who's on his way to work, I think it was in Chicago or some shit, someone cut his brake lines in his pickup truck. It's crazy. And so he posts on Facebook, he's like, do not wear anything that says law enforcement, firefighter, paramedic, nothing is because these people are trying to kill us. And we're not, try- we're not here to attack the police. We're not here to attack anybody. We're just sick and tired of it. And, you know, we're just... Well, and like, and this, that's not, you know, that's not protesters that's not everyone in the black lives movement that's extremist oh, yeah, yeah, that's extremist we don't speak for trying to ruin it which is something i've always like said like i support the protest i support the cops as well and like this is the first protest i've seen in years where cops are on their side like 
99% of these cops are tired of this bullshit too. Right. And all that. And they're like actually wanting to be there. You see the National Guard soldiers who are do- taking a knee too now. Right. And you get like the fucking Antifa, where the fuck they are. They're trying to ruin that credibility for these protesters. Dude, I don't even know if Antifa's in the crowd, bro. I don't know what the fuck is happening, to be honest with you. I just know that we got to make a change for the future of our kids. If y'all want kids, I don't know. Shout out to Devin because he is a dad. And, uh, you know, if we had time, I'd probably ask Devin about that. But we got like three minutes left. So We'll do a part three. We can hey, shut down. down for part three. That is <laughs> more part two. Part three. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we should probably wrap this up, you know what I'm saying? Um, I appreciate you guys for being on this show, man. Well, no, like, for real, like, you know, we had every aspect of the spectrum here. We had Dez here, we had Riker, we had, like, we had every aspect of, you know, the racial divide here. So we had... Devin coming in clutch two times, you know what I'm saying? Right, so we really appreciate all of you guys' input. We, you know, we just want to all we're, we're all in this together, man Like, through all these times, this is not something That we should be arguing We should all be together And it's just something that it's one of those things Where it's like, I understand that I don't understand But we're still friends At the end of the day, and that race shouldn't have Anything to do with it, right So, my final thought is um, You know, not all boys Down to love, you know what I'm saying We just gotta love one another Cause love will overcome all this nonsense, you know what I'm saying? Um, rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Yes, sir. Sandra Bland. Everybody who was taken at the hands of the police, you know what I'm even saying? Even the white people. Even the white people. Even the Asians. Even the Mexicans. Especially the Mexicans. Especially, and not to forget our Native American brothers and sisters. We don't talk about them too much. One of the most stigmatized groups in the, in the game. So, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we love you guys. Um, you know... We just want to wrap it up. You know, whatever's happening in McDonald's there, Blake, you might want to, you know, you know <laughs> <Yeah>. might <laughs> want to handle that. Yeah, I love you guys, too. Keep training, Saints. Keep training, Saints. We love you. Yeah, we'll see Same you guys soon. Saints, cool. Yeah.